and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we watch movie trilogies and decide which film didn't print enough pamphlets for their revolution. Joining me today... My name is Korg. I'm kind of like the leader in here and I'm made of rocks as you can see, but don't let that intimidate you. You don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. <laughs> Just a little rock, paper, scissors joke for you. And I'm Luke and time works real different around these parts. On any other world, I would be millions of years old, but here on Sakaar... Well, of course, we are doing the Thor trilogy. Uh, boys, how did we enjoy watching the Thor trilogy? Oh, I absolutely loved watching Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be one of our most our easiest trilogies to decide the worst and the best. I could be wrong. There might be some division there, but I feel like it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty clear cut. I don't, I don't see there's any argument. I think, like, easiest is the best. Obviously, Dark World's the best. When it comes to the worst, it's a, I'm a bit torn, but we'll, we'll get into it. We'll see. I don't like comedy, yeah. I don't like good movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get the stats out of the way. Stats, 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 stats. As with any Marvel movie, these stats are just off the chain. <laughs> so the first Thor movie, a budget of $150 million. Uh, worldwide box office was $450 million return. Uh, $150 million for the second movie is the budget, $644 million return. And Thor Ragnarok, 180 million as the budget, 850 million return for a total of 1.9 billion total revenue or total box office from these movies. Just mind-bogglingly large amount of money. I'm kind of of surprised they keep getting higher, but I'm also not. I'm um... I'm surprised Ragnarok has leaped out. So, um, like, yeah. It's going to be pretty obvious that it's our favorite of the movies considering all our quotes came from it, but like. (laughs) People going into it didn't necessarily know it was going to be so good, maybe? Like, is in the pedigree no. from the other two movies makes me feel like the third one shouldn't have been as popular. Yeah, and I feel like there's a pretty common trend where when the first one's okay, people... The second one makes better, yep. and then the third one tends to fall off a lot. Um, yep. Especially if the second film like under isn't a great movie, which Dark World, spoiler, is not a good film. So. <laughs> and the Taika Waititi's name's worth money, I guess. That's, that's yeah, like obviously there was a lot of that. I don't think at that time he was so mainstream low to bring in those numbers. Oh, not at all. This is what's no. blown him up like a lot since then. But obviously, like the internet fans were a lot more hyped. I think the trailers were a lot more promising than what the first two movies were. I remember seeing the trailers and thinking, this these movies actually have a style. Like these movies look different to anything we've seen in the MCU before. The color, the eighties theme music. Like I'm so there for it, and it, it to me it delivered on a lot of those things. Uh, let's have a look at the critic rule response. So we're just going to go with Metascore um, for Thor. It was fifty seven. Uh, Thor: Dark World fifty four, and then Ragnarok seventy four. Yeah, it's a big difference. It is a big difference. I also now? agree with that order. <laughs> I do. I think 57 and 54 are too close. I'd, I'd extend that. Yeah, up. yeah, I agree. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Look, if you say Dark World is not the worst. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I thought it was heading into this. It's not as worse as I thought it was. <laughs> not as much the worst as you thought it's it was going to be. It's not as much the worst movie I've ever seen as I thought it was, you know? Um it's it's crazy though, like even just going back to the box office, it is crazy sort of when you compare it to other movies that we talk about and we're like, oh, wow, big numbers. And then stuff like Marvel movies just blow it all out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's crazy. Um, I'm surprised that uh, Thor Ragnarok's only 70. 
percent. I guess I'm going off the whole Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, this is this is Metacritic. I think things less. are generally generally a bit lower on Metacritic. Yeah, because I think Thor Ragnarok was like ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but Metacritic's filtered for fanboyisms. Oh, okay. Whoops. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure um like I'm pretty sure Thor Dark World and Thor were around like the sixties and seventies for mm. on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. So All right. Uh we always have this question and it feels weird to ask it for Marvel because Marvel I mean, is there any movie Marvel's ever going to release that's not going to be part of a trilogy? I mean, I guess we had Black Widow recently, which probably isn't going to be a trilogy. No. But um, does this deserve to be a trilogy? These earlier films, definitely, that's that's how they came into it all. Like, these are all parts of a trilogy that are all parts of something bigger again. Yeah. And I kind of had the same thought. I'm like, especially with Dark World on this film, feels like they just have no idea what to do. They're just like, let's make a Thor film. And I don't know, like, and that's why Ragnarok's such a huge change of pace. Because um, I think they realize they can't just make three films that are just three films. They need to actually make decent films. Um, I really hope they start going just more standalone or at least, you know, one or two films. And they're at the point now, I think they're big enough to do that. They don't need to do three films to try to remain relevant. Mm. You can just make a Marvel film and it makes bank and people will watch it. And that's the thing. I think through the Avengers movies and all these other movies, they're introducing these side characters um, to audiences that way. Obviously, with Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, this was like how they built them characters up before even the first Avengers movie yep. was having their own standalone movies. While now, you know, I feel like a lot of these characters, like even Black Panther is a bit weird where you'd think it's destined for a trilogy, but obviously everything that's with Chadwick Boseman and everything, it might just be the two and done. But he was in Civil mm. War and, like, that was his big introduction point. Same as Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man's going to be a trilogy as well. It's like, obviously, the movies aren't really designed as trilogies, like, especially Thor. Like, it's, like, Ragnarok, it doesn't really fulfill an arc from the first two, I don't feel. No, and the the problem is there's so many movies in between like Thor's in all the yeah. Avengers movies between these where he has his own character growth again. It's yep. yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard yeah. to even call them a true trilogy in terms of like narrative arc, I guess. Yeah, I found it so disjointing to watch these just back to back to back because there is so much that's going on in between each film that I'm yeah. always finding myself read up a list and I'm like, what's the like what's the proper order chronologically? As like, okay, so these are the three films I have to remember what happened because this is what's going on. Like when Hulk turns up in Ragnarok, like he'd been gone. I'm like, where did he go? What the hell happened? I can't yeah. even remember this. So it's, and like, it's, yeah, yeah. And Thor and Loki's relationship is really is really strange between each film. Yeah, and I, I think it's a big problem with these movies, which we might get into a bit. But yeah, and and like part of that is because he's the bad guy in the, the first Avengers movie. Like, mm. and that that's the thing. Like, um, my wife was like. Not confused, she's watched all the movies before, but when you just sit and it's been a while and you sit down and watch the Thor trilogy, it's like the first one ends, like Loki falls into the Shadow Realm and it's like, what's happened? And then the second one, he's back in Asgard, like arrested for the crimes he did in Avengers 1. Like, that's just yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, well, then that's that. And then I find, and yeah. just with different directors and everything, it's always going to be like disjointed and feel like three separate movies as opposed to like a trilogy arc. So, yeah, yeah. I th- do you guys see it as, do you think these are the sort of films that really transitioned from trilogies to the cinematic universes? Because I feel like this is where sort of you had originally, like from Lord of the Rings onwards for a little bit, you had trilogies as a big thing, and that's what everyone sort of sought to make as a as a profitable entity. 
And that's what MCU started with. That's why they did trilogies for the first four or five. But then I think they've now to the point of like, that's not even worth doing anymore. We can just keep making an MCU film forever. Yeah. Yeah. All shows now too. It's yeah. just like, you know, make money while, while the iron's hot. Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's weird to th- it's weird to think as well. The four Avengers, like three of them had trilogies, but the Hulk never did. He's never had his own standalone movie. He, well, has. he, he has just not not just not, not Ruffalo, not Ruffalo. Yeah. But that's strange, actually. Is the there enough did... there for that? I don't know. Is there enough there for Thor? Yeah, <laughs> I like the Edward Norton Hulk movie to an extent. I agree. I agree. I'm going to be honest here, as like a MCU fanboy, the only movie I've never watched. Oh, I've you should watch it. I've never watched it. I skipped it every time I've done my MCU rewatch. It's a, yeah, I think it's decent. It's it's weird seeing Edward Norton as the Hulk, but that's the only yeah. thing because I came. I'm just like it's too late. I've already watched Avengers. Mark Ruffalo's already my Hulk. I don't want it to be. I don't. You know that takes my suspension of disbelief too far yeah. out. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't. It's definitely do it. like the weird redheaded stepchild of the MCU. <laughs> like <laughs> they'll never talk about it ever again if they can no. avoid it. Although they they do include uh, Lieutenant Ross or whatever his name is, like in later General movies. Ross, yeah. General yeah. Ross, yeah. And okay, Abomination cool. is coming back. Mm. I think Tim, I think what is Tim it? Roth's doing it as well, isn't he? What's Abomination Tim... coming back into? He was recently shown in a trailer for something. Yeah, no, I read that as well. He's he is reappearing. Is he in, is he in Spider Spot? Not Spider Verse, but whatever that uh, one's called. Is, it like, called. is it Eternals? I don't know. It's he's showing up in something, and that he, he's sort of been redesigned. But Abomination is back apparently. So hmm. I don't know. I'll do the research for that right now. Yeah, you're a fanboy. Come on. All right, let's get into it. Wooden Spoon. Do we all agree that it's it's Dark World? Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, look, here's the thing. I've I've always thought that. I've always thought Thor Dark World. I've always had it like the bottom of my list of the whole MCU. Watching them again, it's not that bad. Like, It's not that good though either. No, it's not. But I think there's an argument to be made that it's better than the first Thor. No. I find the stuff with Loki uh, more interesting in the second one. I don't feel like... The first one, the first one's obviously his origin, not an origin story, but like this story about him becoming worthy again in our introduction to this character. But I don't feel like there's a strong presence of who's the villain in that. Like you can't say um, the king of the frost giants is the villain of it because he, it's Liam Neeson who's completely wasted um, as that character. Liam Neeson, the frost giant. Yeah, he's oh, his dad in that. And that's the thing. Like it's like what wasted sort of potential. But yeah, um. It's not like there's a villain in that. And it's sort of like this bumbling adventure, like, oh, look, he gets hit by a car and this and that. And I enjoy it. I think there's funny moments in that where I'm like, oh, and I enjoyed it back in the day. Watching Thor 2, like the invisible ships invading Asgard, like uh, the death of uh, Thor and Loki's mother. Um, like, I don't know, the whole the whole thing. Like I, I kind of forgot about that because I hadn't watched Dark World in so long and seeing Loki deal with that even, and knowing like he told this, you know, um, the person to take the stairs on the left, which it lends to, leads to um, Freya's death death or whatever, you know, it's like, I don't know. There's interesting stuff with Thor and Loki in that, I believe. Uh, interesting stuff with Odin. It's got Natalie Portman in it. And I think her and Chris Hemsworth are great. It's got the guy from the IT crowd who I think is funny. 
as well. He's in it for like two scenes. I know, <laughs> but he's funny. He's funny. It's just he's criminally on Yeah, I don't know. Like it's. I know what yeah. you mean. Like I, I actually remember really enjoying Thor two in the cinema for some reason. Like I thought it was a good film, and it does have some nice moments. Like you're right. Like, um, I, I don't. Know, I, I really enjoyed Captain America's little cameo, yeah, in you know the first time I saw it. Like it's I just so thought, good. oh, this is so clever. This is the the MCU. This is what I'm here for. Uh, I don't know. It's a little throwaway moment, but I enjoyed it. But I, and I do agree with you that the first movie really lacks a big bad. Like. I know Loki is kind of like this anti-villain. I don't know. He's he's kind of the bad guy in the first one, but he's not really as he is all the time. But yeah, it needed a it needed an enemy. It needed something. Yeah, I don't think it does though. I think the whole point of number one is like the the first one is a Shakespearean tragedy in a way. Like it's MCU's take on the Shakespearean tragedy thing. So he yeah. is a, he is a proud fallen god, which you know, reminiscent of any number of, like, Greek tragedies or class, like, any play from antiquity. And then if it plays out like King Lear or, like, any number of sort of, like, historical plays. And I think it really works because the, the true villain is Thor's own nature, man. It's his own pride. Yeah, and, like, it, it functions like that. It doesn't need a big bad because the big bad's not the point. The point is Thor's got to overcome his own ego. Because mm. then, like, who's the villain in Dark World again? That's Malachith. the thing. The villain in Dark World isn't a strong villain. That's the problem. Like, it does have a big bad, and he sucks. Yeah, but it's... it's, As bad as Ronan. But Loki's interesting in number two, I find. I like what they do with Natalie Portman and the ether and, like, the introduction of the Infinity Stone, which was one of the... I I don't mind it. Like, I'm not going to praise this movie or anything like that. (laughs) But I... Like, I don't know. I find that there's real threat in them attacking Asgard and it's like oh they mess it up they mess things up there and I don't know it's it's kind of this interesting thing and in the first one I don't know Thor's got blonde eyebrows to knock it down a couple of scores um (laughs) so bad and I don't know I'm not going to defend Thor Dark World but I think there's an argument to be made that it's probably a more enjoyable film than the first one no no I I found the the thing that is I do like about number one, you're right, Conan. It does have this theatrical Shakespearean feeling to it. Like it's directed by Kenneth Branagh, who's mm. like comes from that pedigree, and you can He's definitely sure. feel it come through. Like whereas Thor two, I feel like doesn't have that. I don't. Know, it doesn't have that mastermind behind it. It just feels like here's a movie. Here's the bad guy we're putting in it. Let's draw up some scenes and shoot it. Like it doesn't have. I don't know. It just doesn't have any soul to it. No, and I think like that's Alan Taylor as a director. He's kind of that guy you go to for. He's a TV director. He directs sort of fill-in films for franchises, and it was originally supposed to be directed by Patty Jenkins, but that um that ended up falling through, and that's that ended up leading to why Natalie Portman wasn't in the third film. Um, but it had seemed like there was a creative idea there, and just. Through what always happens with these things, you know, rewrites and creative differences, and everything falls apart. And so it's like we have to make a film. Let's just get the guy who you hire for, the, like, you know, a renter director, and mm. the most generic script you can get, and spit this out. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I'm not going to defend it, but I, yeah, I I sat there and watched it, and was just I didn't look down at my watch like all my. Really? phone i didn't I, ju- I just sat there it had been a long time since i watched them i skipped this when during my mcu rewatches as well because i was just mm. like no 
And so it was kind of new to me again. Like there was a bunch of stuff I forgot about it happening. Um, it's interesting. Like I sort of only remembered parts of this movie from when they go back to this event in Endgame. And so it was like, I don't know, seeing Natalie Portman in Asgard and interacting with Odin and everything like that. It's Loki in the jail cell. There's the, um, I don't know. It's There's stuff I like about it. And I was entertained throughout sort of thing. But it it is absolutely very basic generic MCU like early MCU movie where it's just like this is the sequel and this is the villain and then he's gone forever and we'll never hear his name again. But, yeah. yeah. I think uh Thor one had a hard a hard job mm. to pull off too. Like it's the first like really weird Marvel movie. Like we had Iron Man, we had Cap, two kind of relatable superheroes, and now you've got the the God of Thunder come to Earth. Like it's a weird concept. It's a weird movie to pull off. And I think they like I think they do a reasonable job. Like I think they had a harder job to do than Thor Two. Mm. And I think they pull it off better. Like I really enjoy like there's some whenever you have these movies where it's where it's an alien come to Earth, you get their, you know, their adjustment phase where they're getting used to things and that can go grow tired pretty quick. And I feel like it's pretty short in this movie and it's fun. Like you've got the the hillbillies trying to pull the, the hammer out of the, the rock, like it's this this ancient sword in the sword in the stone. Like, like I kind of really enjoy that. Um yeah, I don't know. I just think it had a harder job, and I think it pulled it off better, regardless. I forgot how early this film came out because you had Iron Man in '08, and then you had Captain America in '11, and then you had this in I think was it 2012. Yeah, the yeah. Iron Man two was in there somewhere too. Yeah, okay, but so this is one of yeah, like one of the very earliest kind of MCU films to come out. Yeah, and I had the same thought. I was like, it's. I'm very surprised they released a movie about like it's like a fantasy film about the God of Thunder in um. It just doesn't seem like the step they would take, but good on them. That that's the thing. Like I um, this was a very early MCU movie, and there's that famous article headline that goes around that it's like you know, <laughs> Thor casts two no names in yeah. Tom Hiddleston yeah. and uh, Chris, Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, who are massive names now. And like Chris Hemsworth is obviously like this massive Hollywood action hero icon, like icon, especially in Marvel, and uh, Tom Hiddleston's like massively popular as well. And it's kind of funny. They were completely unknown. Like Chris Hemsworth was the home and away guy. That's, you know, and the Aussie guy. And I, I remember seeing like on Sunrise that like the first previews of it and being like, oh, there's a home and away guy playing. And this, this, this looks weird, this Thor guy in these Marvel movies that I hadn't really gotten into back then. I'm pretty sure I was getting ready for high school at like, and I saw it on Sunrise in the morning. Like that's how old, long ago this was. Like, you know, it's um, it's funny to see where they are now. Like it's... Yeah, yeah. It shocks me that Tom Hiddleston was um such a no name then. I'm like, as long as I can remember, he's been a really big name. But yeah, he just wasn't then, I guess. Mm. Um, All right. I so just, what's? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to make two points that I had about number two. You guys were talking about Freya before. I made a note in my phone. How little do we care about Freya? I had so I little Freya. care. She dies, and I'm like, why do I? Why do I get any number of craps? Yeah, she's uh, he's. Here's the thing, actually. I care more about Freya now, though, after her little scene in Endgame with, like, Thor. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's just, like, there's not many moments between them. And I don't know. I, I kind of I, – I, I like that scene where, like, you can see it affect Loki, like, and he's not this villain who is heartless or anything like that, and that he, like, does the whole thing to make it look like he's all self-contained and his room's not a mess, and then he looks like a mess when he's just yeah. – lets it go and he's like 
I'm devastated, you know, basically. Like, I'm not taking this well, but our mother's dead. Like, I like that scene. And I like that. Yeah. yeah, that scene was good. I was also confused why um, the Dark Elves all have guns and the Asgardians still just have swords and shields for some reason. Like, is that not the stupidest um, choice of any civilization Asgard's ever? such a strange civilization. You're right. Like, they're, like, technologically advanced. They have spaceships and stuff. They can travel across universes, but they run around with swords and shields. They and their their spaceships have sail wings on them. Yeah, like it's aesthetically cool, but it's so, it makes no freaking it's, it's sense. It's about the aesthetics. Yep. I mean, Thor yeah. is very blonde and beautiful, so I guess that makes sense. All right, so who... I'll just say I didn't realize. Like, obviously, they recast him for the first and second. I didn't realize Zachary Levi plays that character, um, the blonde-haired friend of Thor. The What's his name? You know, there's oh, the, with the Moscow the beard, the fencer, like with this. Yeah, I didn't realize it was Zachary Levi, who's obviously you know Shazam now and from yeah. Chuck. Oh, neither. His forgettable band of friends who just get killed <laughs> in a second. Yeah, in the third oh. one. It's crazy. The, the his what's the girl's name? Sif. Mm. Sif. Where is she? Does she appear yeah, in the third one? She's not in Ragnarok. No. Yeah. Okay. I smell to come back. Yeah, maybe. All right, so who are we blaming for Dark World then? Like, I th- honestly, I think with what's in Dark World, if it had a strong evil, like a big bad in it, it could win it over, but it doesn't. No way, because it's such a just a normal, like, here is a global, th- here's a threat of against the world, and I've just got to overcome this threat. Like, there's no tension or drama or, like, personal stakes in that film. No, and, like, the humans, I found the humor just really basic in Mm. or two like it's just it's just a really dull movie as was my yeah. note at the end of it yeah yeah they try really hard with the whole um stolen scars guard running around naked in stonehenge yeah and it's so just, i think that comes yeah. up like two or three times and it's like yeah we get it it's it, that's funny an old man running around naked it's funny okay yeah i don't know i like the guy throwing the car keys in the hole and it not coming back <laughs> i chuckled at that <laughs> yeah that's I think it just it reeks of like that stuff I mentioned before. I think there was production issues, there was creative clashes, and so it just it feels like it was cycled through, you know, writers and directors, and just like we're making this movie because we have to make a movie rather than someone wants to make this movie. And it, it it's so much Dark World is so much worse compared to when you watch Ragnarok straight after it, mm-hmm. because you're yep. like, here's actually a film that has a really talented director with a vision, with a passion, with an interest. And he's actually giving the characters things to do. Like Chris Hemsworth said this about Dark World. He had a real hard time working on it because he's like, I have nothing to do with my character. And it's true. Thor is not a character in Dark World. He just turns up. He's like, I must destroy the Dark Elves. And he destroys the Dark Elves. Mm. Like no one's, there's nothing to it. It's just the most carbon copy flat crap ever. I feel like, I feel like between um, two and three, Marvel really worked out that they need to, like they need to give these trilogies to a director or a creative team. Like we see it with Guardians of the Galaxy and and is it James Gunn? Yeah, we see it well. with um like the Russo brothers and Captain America. Like these are all the best versions of these movies, and mm. I feel like that's what they've done with number three. Like Taika Waititi obviously is an excellent director, um, yeah. and he really just steals the show with that movie. Um, and he's obviously going on to make more of them. So, I f- mm. yeah, I feel like there's just not that that vision behind this movie, not that creator who wants to do this movie. And I think that's what they learned from these movies and from Iron Man too. Like it's just, Mm. 
its three movies are not amazing. No, I think you're. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, it's especially with the Russo brothers. I guess the best example. They really just kept bringing them back for everything. Hence, why they did. To, they took over Avengers. Like yeah, yeah, like they they became the MCU for for two films. So yeah. I think that you're right. They were like these guys have a vision. They're talented. This is a better choice than just who. Let's get 15 cheap directors and just give them a film each because yeah, they really turn them out that way. Like Chris Hemsworth has said, like before um, Ragnarok, like he would have been done by then. Like yeah. uh, he'd signed on for more movies once Taika Waititi came on and he was like, okay, no, this is Thor. Like I can get into this. Like this is new life into Thor. And that's the thing. You couldn't have a Thor movie now without Taika Waititi. Like if you just gave it to another standard director, it'd be kind of like, uh, no. I, I'd be I'd be so curious to see what happens here. Like, because I, I can't imagine what Teddy wants to just direct 15 more Thor films. So, like, no. what happens when he's done with it or when it mm. sort of does have to translate? Like, because I guess what Natalie Portman's going to play Mighty Thor in Love and Thunder. Yeah. So, I guess whoever and, takes over and, that would be. And uh, Christian Bale as well. It's, I can't wait for that movie. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see what a Thor film looks like then because I, I don't think Watiti will keep doing that. I assume they'll get someone else in to sort of, for Natalie Portman's character. Or they'll just yeah. end it and move on. I reckon end it with Thor 4 and get him just involved with the Guardians of the Galaxy and James Gunn. They teased it in end, Endgame, just have the Asgardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Wait, like the two of them making films? What? Like joint, like Thor interacting with Guardians because him interacting oh, with right. Guardians in Endgame and Infinity War is hilarious, I thought. It is Chris Pratt. And I think Chris Pratt's involved with Love and Thunder. I mean, yeah. when last time we saw Thor, he was on a ship with yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah. Give me more of that. I assume yeah. everyone will be in Love and Thunder, right? Like, Air Man will turn up for some balls. And <laughs> Iron Man will have an obligatory, even though he's dead, he'll just have an obligatory scene as well. <laughs> That's yep. the power of Taika Waititi. He can get he can get um, Robert Downey Jr. back. Yeah. All right. Who deserved better? Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, I'll give you that. I forgot yeah, he was in I this, like and him. he I has like that scene, and I'm like, oh cool, he's going to come back and save the day or do something, and he just makes that one call. And I'm like, why the hell is his character here? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like him though. He's such a good actor. Like he's he's really funny. Um. So yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um. He deserves better. Mm. All right, I have an opinion on the whole trilogy that Idris Elba is wasted. Yes, mm. yes. I, f- I feel like putting him in this role where he does have some stuff to do, like he should have been a villain. He should have been one of like the Avengers. Like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm watching The Wire at the moment, but that dude <laughs> just, I feel like he steals every scene he's in. He was the best addition to The Office that they made over the years. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, could, I just, I need more of him in my life and I wish that the MCU had used him more. Like, he's got a big role in in, in um, Ragnarok, which I appreciate, but he could have been, like, a standalone hero or a, or a villain for one of these one of these movies or a different MCU movie. I had a note here, like, I would watch the hell out of a show about Heimdall just, like, ranging around the ruins of Asgard, saving, you know, like a, just like a wanderer. And he's, yeah. like, the Mandalorian, but it's him, and he just wanders into this little village, like, oh, there's some evil people here. And he's just, oh, because he's so good. And he looks so badass with that sword and those dreadlocks. And the contacts in his eyes. Yeah, oh, he looks Idris Elba, my boy. He's really cool. And yeah, he's also deserves a lot better because even in Ragnarok, like we don't see him like as that, like, you know, we see him as this sort of like underground, like fighting this resistance sort of thing. 
which is different than it's the side first character. Like it's still not his movie, right? Like no, he should be the star of one of these, not these movies, maybe, but an MCU movie. Like that's my opinion, anyway. And now he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. It's it's kind of sad watching these, like because again, after watching The Wire, like that was in the first, that was in the tw- like two thousand two to two thousand eight, where he's a British dude was still trying to make it big in like American Hollywood and sort of in broader cinema. And I think MCU is kind of, you can say it's almost like he's taking it as his ticket, right? He's like, hey, this is how you get big now. This is a good job and it could potentially have great things for my career. But he's given, yeah, like over time, four or five fledgling roles where he just stands at a gate and has some good, like has a few lines and then that's it. I'm like, this should have been, you're right, this should have been like a small role and a big role then get his own thing. But unfortunately, there's like, no, you can be a side character. Now that he's dead, they're never going to bring him back for anything. Um, it's kind of like, I don't think he'll ever be like a whole, like a big mainstream Hollywood star, which sucks. Honestly, if like you're looking for him in like a, a villain sort of role, I think he fulfills that potential in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Watch that. Fast no, I'm not, I'm not going to watch Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. He's, a, he's black Superman, he says. He's it's a gangster, man. It's cool. <laughs> there, was, there was rumors going around for a while that he was going to be James, the new James Bond. Like, yeah, he I would be great as that role. So down for that, but yeah. Like he's had a good career. I don't want to make it sound like he's had, but like he's done a lot of great stuff. He did Beats, uh, was it uh, Beast of No Nation, whatever it was? Um, and he made his own film Yardy. Like he's had a good career. Did Luther for the BBC. Mm. It's just he's never been like that American staple, which maybe he doesn't want to be. But I feel like with these films, he's trying to break into it and just can't quite make it. He's never he's never been like that. Yeah, that the star. No, like the num- number one post on this movie with a whole bunch of other stars. Yeah, you're right. It's a shame. He could come back. You never know. Oh, he's not going, not going anywhere. He's just not going to come back in MCU. You don't know that. He could be there. Yeah, I guess so. I guess watch, so. watch Loki. He could what if? Yeah, what yeah. If? All right. Do we have a fix for number two? I don't care for Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman, but I would be interested to see just what she would have done with number two. I think the fix is what you said earlier about having like a creative vision behind it and having a director that has his vision and it's his film or, or her yeah. film. like. I think that would make it feel more of something. I <laughs> feel like something of its its own thing. I agree. It, I had a thought, and maybe you guys won't agree, but as a trilogy, I feel like Loki's Loki's um, turn comes too soon. Like I feel like we needed a movie where Loki seems to be the good guy for the whole film, so that the the betrayal is that much worse when when it happens. I don't know. Like I wouldn't have minded the first Thor film being about Thor and his band of many, merry warriors doing something fun and then mm. have the second movie have be Loki's betrayal, roll that into Avengers. Like give Thor a movie with his powers and then have it taken away in the second yeah. one. Like uh, the problem is that that means the first Thor movie is set entirely in Asgard or one of the realms. Like that's a hard sell, I think for a first movie to like it. Imagine if the Thor one didn't have any earth parts in it. Yeah. I think and that's what's weak about number two is that, it- it's all about Asgard. Like it, it keeps flashing back to Earth. Show Natalie Portman just running around being a scientist, doing sciences. But then it, it's all about Asgard conflict, and I think it suffers for that. Like that's not the interesting part. It also goes to the really dark and moody planet <laughs> where they where they listen to Creed. just rocking out to Creed. It's got an emo fringe. Yeah. Like, just uh, waving it around. I'm not going to go to Asgard with all those conformists. <laughs> More like I, Asgard. <laughs> I think. I think that's a really interesting fix. Like 
Thor works better as an internal character. Like Ragnarok is very much a film kind of about this bumbling hero, right? And like his weird sort of, he feels like he's this, he's like this machismo god, but he's also a bit of, he's very aloof and that's really fun. And Thor 1 works, in my opinion, because it is like that, that tragedy. It's this guy overcoming his pride. And the conflict, again, the villain in the first one is the frost giant and the giant robot that turns up at the end. Mm-hmm. Like they're super, there's, completely forgettable have no they're, yeah. they're redundant because they're not the point the point is his own growth and his own conflict and so that'd be really cool having number two again is like his conflict is with his brother and there's a lot more of internal growth there and they sort of overcome and then there's a betrayal or something that'd be so much more compelling than just watching thor fight faceless elves with machine guns holy crap do you think um do you think they just they wanted to push aside and bury the whole thing of loki being Alfie's son and actually blue is his natural color and everything like that because we see it in Thor 1 and then we like never see it again it rarely comes up does it and they're just like no this is Loki like he's not going to adopt his natural form again yeah. so I don't know it's, it's I don't want to see it no but, but... it's such an early reveal like yeah I don't know what you do with it yeah like, it should be something that comes later I, that's what, sort of what I'm getting at but yeah yeah but Loki in these early films is so bizarre like and not bizarre in a good way, just bizarre in that there's no... In a lot of ways, he doesn't serve a purpose and he has no thought. He's literally just a wild card to be like, we can do anything we want here because we yeah. have the god of mischief. So it's just a good, like... It's a good ace in the hole to have in case we get stuck in writing. I do... Um, He's a really good actor, Tom Hiddleston. Like, he's oh, a phenomenal. really good actor. And even, like, in Thor 1, there's, uh, there's a scene that's, like, sprung to my head, like, when he's yelling at Odin, like to tell him like the truth, like who his dad was and everything and his emotion and everything. It, I don't know. It really struck me. I was like, Oh wow. He's a really good actor in this, you know, like he doesn't have much to do, but he's a good actor. No. Yeah. There's a, there's a scene in Thor one where um, Odin's yelling, yelling at both of them. And I'm just like, Oh man, I would behave myself after that. Like Anthony Hopkins yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'll it's behave good. better. I promise. Especially being two no names that they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the best actors alive. I love um I love Odin being like, but you're not king yet, are you? Like it's great. Yeah. All Odin's right, Odin's about us. Let's do what we all came here to do. Let's talk about Ragnarok for the next <laughs> half an hour. Piece off, ghost. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so I'm funny. Surpri- I'm like, Korg is such a weird character to me. Like Let's I'm surprised he just he has stuck around as much as he has. He's like, so I don't. Funny. I don't want to see a Korg film. I don't want to see no. extended Korg stuff. He's just he's very funny as the offside who just turns up and like he's the antithesis to to Thor in so many ways because he just doesn't care. He's just really friendly. Just like yeah, whatever. Like that's he's, funny. he's just like over here, a pile of rocks waving at you. Here, yeah, I'm actually a thing. I'm a being. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Korg. I'm kind of like the leader in here. This is my very good friend over here, Meek. He's an insect and has nice for hands. It's just there like, wah, 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 like, oh. stuff. Oh, he's hilarious, man. I, I, like, I always enjoy when Taika Waititi turns up in one of his movies. Like, oh. it's always one of the best parts. Like, Hunt for the Wild of People, the preacher in <laughs> Hunt for the Wild of People. Is, <laughs> so it's so good, the sermon he gives in that movie. Highly oh, recommend it. I still think about it sometimes, every time I see yeah. L&P. Um, like, Korg reminds me of... The, the fat guy in Milan, where he's just kind of like, he's really lovable and he just turns up and he's, you know, he has no place in this thing, 
but that's also who you want. You want this like lovable, friendly guy who would never be harsh to you. He's like, I could, I want to cuddle you, and that's what Korg's like. He's want to give him a hug because he's really lovely, even though you're in a gladiator thing for your life. It's just, he yeah. is a warm cup of tea on a cold winter's night. That's exactly how I describe him. Um, I don't, man, I could just I could quote like Korg all day. I just love like like you alluded to earlier the pamphlet thing, and he's like. Uh, and no one came to it except my mum and her boyfriend, who I hate. <laughs> it's, just, oh, it's so it's so real. It's great. Yeah. Um, just, someone, yeah. someone pointed out that you know pamphlets are printed on paper, so paper eventually defeated rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a funny little touch. That's great. Oh my god, I, the hammer pulled you off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you had a relationship. There. Yeah. Uh, um, I, you're right that he is such a bizarre character. Like, Korg five years ago would have never been in a Marvel film, but then here's this film and it's just like, this is just like Taika Waititi like, improving or just as he's right, he's like, how much stupid shit can I write down here that's funny? Like, I feel like he's doing that, like, scissor hand, knives for hands and stuff. Like, I feel like he's saying that and then someone in someone in the 3D art department's like, oh, I have to create this character now. Like, <laughs> Meek is just, yeah. just from him improving. He's just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I love um. Well, like what you just said though, like five years ago, Thor two has a Korg race, like the Rock dude at the start of Thor two. Yeah, oh, it does. and yeah. Thor just destroys him, and I'm like, well, yeah. that's that's what it was ten years ago, and yeah, Korg is now what that will be known yeah. as because of Taika Waititi. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, it gives character, like all these little things. It just it creates character for this film that. After the two, it desperately needed an identity, and yeah, yeah, like this movie has it in spades. Like nothing, if if nothing else, this film has character and has style. Like it is very unique. It's funny to it just feels funny to me to come from two movies that are quite self serious. Like there's not a lot of humor in them to probably what is the funniest MCU movie. Like. It's a, easily they flip I it think. all in his head, but it still feels right. Like it still feels like the Thor we had before. Like obviously, he's, it, the characterization is different, but it's not so different that it's you know out of the field. Like I just, it's been very well made. This movie. Yeah, it's that's the that's the thing. Watching this movie again, it's kind of funny. Like Taika Waititi takes Thor as a character and like crafts him into what his vision of Thor is, and it's kind of a shame that obviously it will go on, and that's now Thor and like who Thor is, but. They kind of take like backtrack on a bunch of the stuff that they do in this. Like, you know, he loses his eye in this. He loses his hammer. And then the next one, Rocket's just like, here's an eye. So okay, I've got an eye again. Here's my new hammer, like my axe now. Like it's I I wanna see Thor messing people up with lightning bolts just shooting out like at the end of Ragnarok that he does. Mm-hmm. That looks dope. And yeah, I don't know. I just hope Thor and Love and Thunder, he loses his eye again. <laughs> At the start, falls out. Falls just, out. It falls out. It's like, damn it! Where's that eye patch that he gave me? Cool. We're back on track. Um, they cut his hair. Like he very much makes this a yeah. different Thor, and he's like, this is a different movie and a different character now. You like that scene, that first scene. That well, not the first scene, but that scene where he walks out into the arena to fight, and like he puts on the helmet and he flips up the like the traditional yeah. helmet has the stupid looking wings on it, but he's got this really cool like neon armor and it looks so sick he's got his hair cut like yeah it's yeah. just like oh this is the reimagined thor and this is freaking yeah. awesome it's a yeah. pretty clear statement right it's like yeah he's got no long hair anymore he's rough he's different this is this is who i see him as but it also feels like such a natural progression because like the first film especially it had 
half of it is a fish out of water story, right? Mm. But there's that diner scene where he's just like, what is this beverage I drink? And it's coffee. And he's like, more. And smashes no. Yeah. I, and it's I, really, like, I like that, though. <laughs> that part's really funny. And like, yeah. it's filled with moments like that that is like, ha ha, this God on earth. Yeah. And that's kind of like Ragnarok just distills that right down to this guy who's completely sort of out of touch with the world. Yeah. But it's like, let's have fun with that concept instead of let's shoehorn that into a drama. Mm-hmm. And so this is like the purest version of that where everything, like the quote that made me laugh so much is, um, he's like, you could have sent me an electronic letter. It's called an email. He's <laughs> like, do you have a computer? He's like, no, why? No, why? <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. yeah Dr. Strange is in this and that scene's hilarious too. Yeah. It, just, it captures his character so well, like this weird duality of overconfidence and detachment from it all, but like just so lovable. I love um, I love that scene with Doctor Strange where Thor's just getting rocked about, like he keeps crashing in the bookshelves because Doctor Strange just keeps teleporting around the house. He's like vomiting, spilling his beer. He's just like, mm. oh, good. All right, after, after this, I want you guys, you might have seen it already. There's There was a sketch. Yes. I already know what you're it's talking about. It's a snap. It's like made by like a uni in Western Australia. It's that exact concept for a, for an ad for a university. You should go watch it. I swear they just ripped it off, but it's good. Like it's such a good thing. Oh wait, no, sorry. I thought you were talking about um those trailers he had with his roommate. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was so yeah, confident. No, sorry, like, Daryl. I was like, he's talking about this. The yeah, they are really Darryl. good. They are really yeah, good too. Yeah. But you should. What's everyone should go Google. It's a snap. It's an it's an ad for a Western Australian uni, and just tell me they didn't rip that scene off from that ad. Yeah. As oh, soon as you said the name of it, I was just like, I don't think I'm on the same page anymore. I was like, I'm just going to keep smiling and pretending because I was so confident that I was like, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. I like, I love that Taika Waititi in charge of Doctor Strange, he gives them the yellow gloves like from the, like he has these little <laughs> things that look different from the, the rest of the Doctor Strange movies and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, like I, don't know, Korg's, I just love the, another day, another Doug. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's so yeah um i i actually like re-watching this because the first time i saw this i saw it on a day that i went to i was in a friend's wedding and so me and a bunch of people went and saw it and i fell asleep during the last half like i, I missed all the action stuff because like mm-hmm. i was just, i was rooted from the day like i was exhausted and as soon as it gets into the big battle scenes i'm like i don't care anymore um but so re-watching it again was kind of exciting because i'm like i there's a lot i don't remember and I was actually shocked. Like, I was coming in expecting it to be the voice of negativity. And like, eh, it's not that great. We were all just excited because it was a different <laughs> film. But I was actually like, no, that's it's a really funny film. It really holds up. I think what it does so well is in a, way, a lot of ways, even though it's not the best Marvel film, it's kind of what a Marvel film should be. Like it ticks all the boxes. It does all the generic stuff that you want from a Marvel film. But it's just so unique in doing so. Everything feels refreshed that it's like, it doesn't feel like they're completely recreating this whole new... They're not reinventing the wheel, but at the same time, they're just making the wheel so much more than we ever thought the wheel could be. Yeah. I'm like, this is what Marvel needs to do with films going forward. Like, just make these weird, unique stuff that... Because mm. it's exciting. Like, this movie is just really exciting. Yeah. It definitely... It stands out. Like, this is, I think, one of the most rewatchable Marvel movies. Like, mm. you can just sit down and just watch it and laugh pretty much yeah. every time. Um how good is Jeff Goldblum? Like I was gonna say, is this the most so Jeff Goldblum Jeff Goldblum has ever been? Like Yes, and it's so good, man. I just oh his little mannerisms, like I feel like they're just letting him be him. I just yeah, love him totally. like, he's sitting in the chair, just snapping his fingers like, mm, look at this, look at this dude. Oh hey, sparkles. Like it's I, I wanna know 
how much was just like Jeff, just do whatever you want, or if he's like Jeff, can you just like can you gold bloom it up a bit more? Yeah. <laughs> he probably didn't even know he was on a movie set. They just went to his house and just started filming, and he's just there. Um, I don't know there's a, a lot of funny stuff they do with him. Uh, I love him melting his um his cousin. He's just yeah. Like, you're officially pardoned from life. Stepping in it, look. It just melts him. And goes yeah. like, oh my god. Yeah, it just brings the melting stick later. It's like this isn't a moment to melt someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I um my favorite, still my favorite Jeff Goldblum thing. Have you guys seen him reading steamed hams? No, no, I haven't. There's a thing where he just reads the script of that. It's really funny. Um, but anyway, I have another question. Did this film do more for Australia and New Zealand than the film Australia did for Australia? Because I think so. I think this film does a much better job of bringing the cause forward. You know, you've got the Commodore, you've got a Maori in the as the lead guard of Jeff Goldblum's group or whatever it is. You got Korg. You got Korg. It's 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 great. It just it's very clearly like, hey, let's give all these jobs to Australians and New Zealanders, yeah. and let's give them like lead roles. Let's have Korg's like got this very acute New Zealand accent. Like that could yeah. be. Yeah. Okay, ten very- years ago. That'd be really like disjointing for American audiences, but it's like, no, we're going to do it because these people exist, guys. It's fantastic. You have Carl. Oh, I kind of wish they'd, they let let um let Thor have an Australian accent for some reason. That would have been strange, even for a bit. <laughs> you know, I didn't even put it all together. But so, it's kind of funny, like to talk this much about Thor Ragnarok and the villain, and we haven't mentioned like. Terrible, Hella, terrible who is also another Aussie, like Carl Urban, yeah. and you have Hella, like as with Kate Blanchett. Um, would Hella have been better as the villain in Dark World and not had her here? I think she would have been equally as forgettable. She's not because I think she, she could be good though. Yeah, she could. I think she's fine. She's she is like she's not what you think of when you think of this movie. Like no, I do, I do enjoy that final that. battle in. In yeah. Asgard. Like I, I do think it's fun. There's a lot of good moments. I love where, I love when Banner jumps out of the the plane. <laughs> it's, <laughs> just like, it's, just, it's just so like, soft as well. It's just like it's like you're, you're about to find out who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I forgot. Almost forgot she. Like I knew she was in this, but I forgot all her scenes. And every time it sort of yeah. goes back, I'm like, okay, this is clearly what they're like. Taiki, you've got to have something in here. You can't just do Thor. Riffing with like can't with just me- be a comedy, yeah, exactly. It's like we've got to have some sort of grander plot and arc, and he's like, ah, oh, whatever. And so Hella just sort of turns up, and Kate Blanchett's really good as Hella, but yeah, there's just nothing. How does there. she looks so young still. Can someone explain to me what Hollywood magic's going on there? Maybe she's born with it. Maybe or Maybe. money. Money can buy you surgery. I've heard money can be exchanged for goods and services. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. When you're as famous as her, you have lots of money. I do feel like um, I do feel like with Kate Blanchett, and it's not her fault because she's an amazing actress. I feel like she's the only part of this movie where the comedy falls flat. Like anytime she tries to make a joke, it doesn't. Like she doesn't do it often, but I feel like none of her lines deliver, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. She's it's a shame. Like it feels very waste. She deserves better in this film because she is one of the best actresses currently working. Mm. And she is really like, it's a big flex. It's like, look, we can get Kate Blanchett for this. And again, she's an Australian, so I think there's 
she probably wanted to do this because like every oh, so many great Australians and New Zealanders are in this film. Mm. Yeah. But she doesn't need to. You could have got absolutely anybody because that's what the character requires. Just a person. Do you um do you guys like Carl Urban in this? I, I think he's really Troy. funny. Yeah, I I think Days like I think he's a, he's a really funny replacement for for Idris Elba. Like it's really when he's supposed to announce Thor at the start and he's <laughs> and like running. <laughs> and that play, yeah. how, the play at the start. Oh, like, so funny. Matt Damon. Yeah. That's so weird. Matt, so Damon, Matt Damon, and, Damon and the other Hemsworth brother. Yeah, the other Hemsworth <laughs> brother that no one knows. <laughs> and then Sam Neill as well. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize it was Sam Neill until the most recent rewatch. I was like, wait yeah. a minute. I say that's Sam Neill. And I didn't realize it was Matt Damon the first time I watched it. I don't know how I did it. I just <laughs> wasn't expecting it, so I didn't put two and two together. It's so strange. It just works so well. It's good. It's so good. Apparently, he's been cast in um, Love and Thunder as well. Yeah, he's in so. Love and Thunder, apparently. Mm. Matt Damon, so I hope he just comes back as that. But, um, yeah, no, there's, there's so so much. Like, Do you guys like Valkyrie? I kind of I like her introduction, though, where she's just walking down the ramp drinking and just walks off the side. My um, one of my notes is like those the gloves that she puts on that control the guns on her she like that's really sick. Like oh, the designs yeah. on everything on that planet are just so good. Yeah. I yep. enjoy all of it. Like the when he's getting the tour of Sakar and it's the Willy Wonka music playing, it's just like But here on Sakar, you are significant. You are valuable. Here you are loved. And no one loves you more than the Grandmaster. This is just a genius movie. Like it's so good. Oh, it's very clever. Yeah, no, she's really good. Like, I kind of don't like the whole trope of like this woman who can just who can just drink so much. Like, it's very. I feel like it's very overused to be like, look how tough she is. She can just drink constantly and never get affected. But she's really like she's really likable in it, and she's very funny. What's her name? I want to say, Tessa Thompson. I think you know. Yeah, no, she's really she's really good. There's um. This movie's beautiful though. Like there's so many like where they do like the painting sort of shots of like the Valkyries fighting Hela and mm. um with Thor coming down with the lightning to attack the the Draugas at the end. Like and the way they do immigrant shots. song on that scene. Oh, <laughs> twice. It just kicks in. They do it's it so twice. Good. It's so good. Like, yeah, they use it twice. It's yeah. Yeah. The best use since like Marty Scorsese. <laughs> That's the thing. I um I remember going to the cinema. I like I have a distinctive memory of watching Thor Ragnarok at the cinema because I remember going there and it like raining, having rain and thunder going on outside and being like, oh, this is so cool. We're like, I'm going to go watch Thor Ragnarok. And oh, I just so remember you, sitting there. I'm pretty sure I posted that as a status on Facebook. I was like, oh, yeah, tonight's the night. Um, but I just remember like that opening scene with Surtur and he's like in, in the cage straight away like sets the tone. I'm like, oh. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be a funny movie. I could just tell. And I like, I love him spinning around. He's like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just, just, I'm not even trying to do this. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not even doing it. That scene again, like that, because you're right, that sets the tone. And as soon as I started making jokes, I was like, this is going to tell me if it's funny or if it thinks it's funny. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's actually, it's funny. Like, Matiti's just got such a good comedic, yeah. such a good comedic he sensibilities does. and timing. It's great. And, um, I'm sorry, I've just got to keep talking about like I love <laughs> I use it all the time. If I know if people come over to my house for the first time, I do the colour and like, behold, my stuff. My stuff. Just point stuff in my room. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> it's great. And it's like something so similar, like the like the dragon's head like coming through the room because it gets caught in the Bifrost thing when he yeah, brings and, in everyone covered and like it's 
eyes rolling in the back of its head and its tongue falling <laughs> yeah. out. It's like such uh, the girls just screaming. It's great. Yeah, that's great. That is really funny. Can we talk about Chris Ensworth for a second? Sure. Absolutely. All day. Man, what, what muscles. Are, all right, well, that's what I think. What do we what do we think of him as an actor? I think he's good. Like I I I'll admit I don't think I've have I seen him in anything else other than Thor. Well, I know you watch a lot of Home and Away. So yeah, does, he, was does pretty... he do other stuff? I'm, I thought he's just Thor, isn't he? And no, he, has, he also has movie, a fitness business on the side. That movie Extraction. He was in a few years ago. Oh, true, he was yeah. in that. He was in a Michael Mann film, Black Hat, as well, um, which obviously you guys have never heard of. But Michael Mann's a pretty big director, so it was a thing. You know, I actually don't know if I've seen Chris Hemsworth in something else other than Thor. He's in the Men in Black reboot as well. True. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Oh, Bad Times at El Royale. That's a great film. Is he good in it? He is actually. Okay. He's good in it. Um, I like him. I think he's perfect for Thor. Like in this character and this role, I really enjoy him, especially in Ragnarok. But I, I enjoy him in the like the first Thor as well. I thought he was funny back when I first watched it. Um, I, think he, I won't say he's a great actor, but you're a big Rush fan, aren't you? Oh, dude, yes, Rush is awesome. Yeah, Rush is a great movie. Yeah, no. Of course, Grana, he's in Cabin in the Woods. In what? The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. But, I, like, I enjoy him. Like, I think he pulls off the serious Thor, and I also think he pulls off the funny Thor. Like, I, yeah, yeah I, I just enjoy watching him. I, whether he's, like, I don't know. There's You can say someone's, like, this great, like, Shakespearean or character actor, or you can just say someone has, like, like, he definitely has the presence of Thor in these movies. And he like I do think he pulls off the the comedy. Like I love when he's on the ship and he's like trying to use his code name, <laughs> and it's Point Break. <laughs> Welcome, Point Break, the mightiest Avenger. Okay, so that's kind of what I'm 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 aiming for. Like, do you guys think he's comparable to Arnold Schwarzenegger in it? Because I kind of had this comparison of is Thor like his Terminator films? I think he's a better actor than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't know. I There's much more range in the Thor movies. Like, I don't know. It's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger's funny and also serious. Like, when Thor's angry, it feels like, oh, man, this dude's a Norse god who could mess shit up. And I, I think it. Maybe it's just his muscles or something. I don't know. But Dude's cut. And I don't know, Like, especially if you get into Endgame where he's, like, overweight Thor. Like, I think he's funny as that. Even though <laughs> he is. That's a lot of physical comedy too, but it's just it's funny that and then at the end when he's facing down Thanos again and he gets the bloody braids in his beard and he turns into a big Viking dude, it's he feels powerful and like not to be messed with again. But I don't know, he's I think he's really like he's funny in this and it like small things that like the I love the whole scene with the disguise where she's like, What's that? And he's like, This is my disguise and she's like, it's not it's not good. And he's like, It is if I do this and like just <laughs> Cover my face like this, and just small little moments like with Banner, where he's like, "Is he low?" Like, yeah, that that meme face. Like, it's, it's very it's like very there's, good. there's little intricacies in his acting. Like some of the lines fall flat with his delivery. I feel, but I think he's definitely a funny actor, and he can be not a serious actor, but he can play a badass really good as well. So, yeah, Corona. Yeah, I think I agree. Like, I would like I, I probably need to see him in more stuff. Yeah, I think because like in Black Hat, he does an American accent and it's atrocious. He just he yeah, he's clearly hasn't figured that out yet. But then 
in Cabin in the Woods and in Bad Times at El Royale, he's he is really good. And but then like Extraction, did either of you guys see Extraction? I haven't watched it. No. I watched the first twenty minutes. It's very just like on the John Wick train. Um, yeah, and I he's it's you know because you ha- you naturally compare him to Keanu in that role, and it's like he is nothing compared to Keanu. Like he just has none of the same presence or physicality, despite being super jacked. But yeah. I don't know because I, I always kind of disregarded him as like yeah he's he's just gotten lucky with a Thor film. But he is actually in Ragnarok rewatching. Like he is really good. You're right. He can't hold his own to a lot of these people, and like his comedic timing is pretty impeccable. But yeah. I'm undecided. Like I don't know if he's a good actor because I'm still like I. The rest of him, I don't really. His emotions kind of lacking, and I don't think his anger is like. I don't feel his anger. I feel him just. I feel him acting that he's angry, and I feel him acting that he's sad. But he is very funny. So, I think there's little moments, maybe not in these movies, but I think like in um. In Infinity War, like there's a scene with him and Rocket on the ship when he's talking about like, uh, then my my father died and then oh, my right. my brother died and and he's like no like I I can beat Thanos like I'm 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 good to go you know and like there's acting in there where I'm like no you can see that he's broken and he's like I need to kill Thanos and I like the whole thing of him not going for the head in Infinity War and being sort of haunted by that because it's his fault and. I think no. I think he's definitely a, a better actor than Schwarzenegger. But yeah, all right, it's all claims. I mean, Schwarzenegger, reach out if you you want, and we can have we'll get both of them on. If you're listening, no disrespect. I really would love to chat to you, but yeah. Uh, all right, I just had I had one. I had another question. Is this the first time an orgy has been mentioned in a Disney property? <laughs> I forgot this line. <laughs> I know <laughs> he uses it for his orgy. <laughs> oh my god! I love that they press the button and just that song comes on. And it's like yeah. it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, Grandmaster oh. is hilarious. Um, maybe, but I was watching a documentary last night and forgot that technically Pretty Woman is a Disney property. I was going to say no because this is a Marvel film. Like Disney owns things like Disney owns Miramax and they make like yeah. R-rated, R-rated films. So. Yeah, I know. I guess it, it's a bit of an unfair question. Yeah, it, it might be a while till we see another one in the MCU to hear about <laughs> another one. <laughs> after mean, this movie, there were, reports, there were reports of kids having orgies after seeing Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> right, who would we uh, – Dennis France, who would he play? Who would we cast him as? Thor. As Thor. Loki. That's Thor. Is that even a question? Um, Odin. Yeah, I was going to say Odin as well. <laughs> if this wasn't directed by Taika and wasn't such a New Zealand flavored film, he could play Korg. Meek. <laughs> he could be Meek. <laughs> just not alien looking. He just looks like himself and he's just being carried around by Korg. He's like, I accidentally trod on him. He's just got his shirt off. He's just been carrying him around. He's got his shirt off just in all his glory. Oh, man. I love that. And then Meek's still alive. He's like, ah, he's still alive. <laughs> That's such a weird scene because he's like, uh, Korg, where are you from? No, he's, no, but Meek, where are you from? Oh, I think he's dead. And then he just ignores it. He just carries on. Decides to get it. Uh, yeah. It's just it's just another joke just to be thrown in right at the yeah. end. It's just, yeah. That's tough. All right. Anyone got anything else they want to add to Thor? Oh, man. I could quote Grandmaster all day. Like, <laughs> no, it's like, I love... um. I love the little things. I love his banter with like the New Zealand captain, like the female New Zealand captain. Like he's like, "What you know that 
I, oh, she says slaves, and he's like, I hate that word. I hate that word. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, what mainframe? And he's like, no. Why would I hate mainframe? <laughs> it's like the S word. And she's like, fine. The prisoners with jobs. And he's like, that, that's better. That's better. It's, it's like, a it's a really weird um casting for hit. Like I know she's from Hunt for the Wilder People and has worked with Tyka before, but like it's a weird casting. But they seem to have a pretty good chemistry. Like it's a it just works somehow. I don't know. And that's what I mean by this film's really valuable for like for sort of you know small like Australian New Zealand actors that no, normally everyone would be like oh who is she she's never done anything we've never seen her comedy her timing but it's like no she's talented and obviously Watiti mm. sees this and so he's like we'll give her a chance and she holds her own against Jeff Goldblum like that's yeah it's no small feat and I love that he's like um I always say she's a what's that word it starts with a b and she's like a hag and he's like no no were you just waiting to say that? Doesn't he, that doesn't even start with a B? <laughs> it's there's so much just like like Jeff Goldblum has comedic like timing, like he's brilliant in this film, and I think that's it's sort of sparked a I don't know a renaissance of that's, Jeff Goldblum. That's what I was going to ask. Is this the beginning of the Goldblumaissance? I hope so because I want to see him in everything. I just want him to show up in Thor: Love and Thunder again, like with these all you. You're right in that he turns up like he just became the internet's favorite person after this film. He did for yeah, me, yeah. He really did. And I'm for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> the only other thing I would say is Kenneth Browner does deserve a lot of praise for Thor. Like he made that movie work. And it yeah. probably sh- the first one it probably shouldn't have, like we're saying. It's a weird choice. It's a strange hero to sort of introduce her early, but Kenneth Brown is a talented dude and he yeah, he made his Marvel film and I think he did a pretty decent job. And well done on casting those two no-name people because they're pretty much those characters and they're not yeah. no-names anymore. So, no, that's right. Yeah, no good casting choice. All right, well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Worst. Next week we are doing the Fear Street trilogy. So it's a new trilogy that came out on Netflix. Dun, dun, dun. Join us for that. And uh, Relevant. Yeah. yeah, we're relevant. Catch us on socials at Good, Bad, Worst Pod. Send us, send us your feedback there. Uh, if you like listening to us talk about movies, you'll love watching us talk about games on our other podcast, Bonus XP. Uh, it's available in full colour on YouTube or on your favourite podcast app. And we'll catch you next time. Piss off, ghost. I'm taking my lines, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That too.